Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we've got Robin Baldwin of Autoimmune Thriving on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yes. Awesome. I'm so excited. Um, Thank you for getting to the coffee shop on your glamping trip. I feel like this is awesome. We're doing like a little makeshift podcast here. I love it. Um, When When I booked the recording with you, I was like, I'll be fine. They yeah. said we had Wi-Fi at the glamping tent. We'll be good. And then, like, nope, not working. We need to drive into town. So I'm, I'm dedicated to being on your show. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, perfect. So why don't we just dive right in? I'd love to hear more about you, your story with chronic illness, and just kind of tell us all about who you are. Mm-hmm. So I used to call myself an MS warrior but I now call myself an autoimmune thriver or an MS thriver, depending on who I'm talking to. So I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in December of 2014. My diagnosis story wrapped up into a single sentence would be uh, over the course of a week, my entire right side of my body went numb, starting with my fingers going all the way down my torso into my toes. And finally, when I woke up and I had no feeling left in my my right foot, I decided to drive to the, the hospital to get a diagnosis. So I was super lucky that I actually got the diagnosis within a week. Okay. Uh, in the MS community, it's usually a longer process. Uh, sometimes the symptoms are very vague and it takes a really, really long time to get a diagnosis. So I actually talk about like how grateful I was that my symptoms came on so fast. And because I'm up in Canada, I have access to free healthcare, which is also a blessing. So I could drive myself to a hospital, demand testing, which included an MRI. Um, I had two MRIs to confirm the diagnosis, first on my spine and then on the brain where they found. So the, the lesion in terms of the language in the MS community is that you have lesions, whether they're along your central nervous system or in your brain. They can be symptomatic or non-symptomatic. And I had one at C2, C3, which was causing the right body numbness and tingling. Um, And then the brain MRI showed 20 lesions in the brain, which allowed me to be diagnosed based on McDonald's criteria. So that that is the diagnosis story. So I've been living with MS since really um, early 2015. Um, And just learning to take care of myself. And I I used to say take care of myself better than I was before. But Mm. then that wasn't giving myself credit for how I was taking care of myself. So my language now is very on purpose. I'm taking care of myself differently Mm. than I was before so that I can thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I love the purposeful language. Like even in some of the emails that we had, just like the way that you talk about yourself now is thriving um, and just 
things like that. I love the purposeful language because I feel like it's so easy to fall into this pit of just like sadness, despair, victimhood, which everyone is totally allowed to have, but I think um, then you can't get out of it sometimes. So, so what are some, like, what are some of the purposeful language changes that you've made when it comes to your healing? For sure. And as I was listening to your podcast to get familiar with you, the, the language that you have in your intro every single time really spoke to me mm. uh, be, because when I was, so I had the first MRI and then they made me sleep on a gurney in the hospital hallway overnight oh before the next uh, MRI. And I remember um, Googling and looking through Instagram at hashtag MS. And then I found hashtag MS warrior. And during that time, I actually said that I went through the four stages of grief really, really fast so I could get to acceptance Mm. super fast. So like that was purposeful language. Like I didn't want to sit with grief. Mind you, I've had to then go back and deal with grief later. But I was like, I just need to get to acceptance of like, I have this. I'm going to live with it. Let me Mm. figure this out. Um, So some of the purposeful language is I call it my sidekick. I don't call it a disease. I don't say I'm battling it. I say that it has, it has taught me how to take care of myself differently. So I, I see it as something to work with instead of against. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I found. So when I was looking at the hashtag MS, I just saw selfie after selfie of, um, and this has probably pissed people off over the years, but <laughs> I, t- I've, I talk about it openly. It was like, woe is me mentality. Mm-hmm. And and there is a time and a place like we all feel bad for ourselves sometimes like it happens we're human but I didn't want to sit and wallow because I know that if I go there I can probably spend a lot of time there Mm -hmm. and that's just my coping mechanism whether it's healthy or not Mm -hmm. I just I just know that I don't want to spend a lot of time sitting there going like oh my gosh I hate my body oh my gosh I hate like, I'm so frustrated. Like, that language doesn't feel good to me. Um, so, yes, I call it my sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about thriving instead of surviving. Um, and I talk about uh, just learning how to support the body to be less confused instead of saying I'm battling a disease or battling an illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really important because – Uh, there is like a school of thought and I think it's in the entire autoimmune community where we talk about like battling the monster. So MS, M and S is in monster. So people talk all the time about battling the monster. I'm like, it can be a monster in terms of how it affects people's lives. But I think that, I don't know. I think that um, way of thinking about it doesn't serve someone in terms of healing. Yeah. I think that it gives you so much of your power back, which was a big thing for me was changing some of that language because instead I was thinking like this is happening to me, Um, I am weak, this happened to me, I don't know how to get out of it, like I am battling this. And like while some of the words like battling, things like that can be a little bit powerful, I think for me... I like how you're saying it's like your sidekick or for me, I really, um, I actually thought about kind of leaving this space and leaving 
the chronic illness community and like maybe not getting into it because I felt like too much of my life was focused on the fact that I have a chronic illness, that I have um, an autoimmune disease. And But then just like switching the way that I talk about it, which then switches the way that I think about it. I don't feel so much like a victim. I don't feel like these things are happening to me. I'm like, okay, this is how I feel today. But I now have the power to eat well in a way that'll make me feel better. I have the power to talk to people about how I'm feeling. I have the power to bring other people's stories forward. So I think like for me, a lot of it was putting that power and quote unquote control back into my life. I mean, do we really have control? No, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Feeling like I had a little bit of that control to be like, okay, this is happening today, but I know the steps that'll make me feel better. So it gives you control back. I love what you said about not talking about it all the time. So I actually, I announced my MS diagnosis right away because I wanted to feel, I had already built a personal brand to a degree. I was a fitness competitor, an obstacle course racer, and mm-hmm. I had built this community of super supportive people. So I just wanted love. I just wanted so much love at that moment. So I wanted to announce it to the world and get love. Actually got a ton of advice and opinions, and that's probably another topic of conversation. <laughs> um, but it served me well because it allowed me to kind of like benchmark research and education and then go from there pick what I needed to what resonated with me and then start my research journey um I used to also uh, like uh, announce that I had MS when I introduced myself to people I would constantly be like hi I'm Robin Baldwin I'm an MS warrior like it was in my bio um and on my personal account on Instagram you wouldn't know I have MS anymore I don't talk about it I I don't always introduce that way even like I started a new job in October of last year and I didn't tell anyone Mm -hmm. I had the disease because it wasn't, you know, my day to day. It's my day to day in terms of how I take care of myself, but I didn't feel the need to kind of announce it to the world Um, until recently when I started autoimmune thriving. So I um, really believe that all of the information that I have gathered and curated for myself, I was sharing on the blog. And over and over again, I would get messages like, thank you for sharing what you're doing. I'm going to apply this to my life. I'm like, cool. That's how my blog started in the first place from a fitness perspective. Yeah. I was like, let me do things and share my fitness journey. And then it started impacting other people. So it's the same thing. And autoimmune thriving is the first time I've really, really specifically started talking about it again. Mm -hmm. And I use the words empower. So again, I love that you said like it's bringing your power back. I truly believe we can empower each other to really own our lives instead of feeling like we're owned by a disease Um, and putting us first instead of the disease first. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's where I really, really love spending time. I'll get super passionate about talking about self-care and proactive healthcare um, because that's not about It is about the disease, but it's not really about the disease. It's just about putting yourself first again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We are speaking the same language. I I totally (laughs) agree with everything that you're saying. So what are some of the things that you do daily to keep yourself healthy just all around and things like that? So I call them the five building blocks of health. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, truly believe they're so interconnected. I started with things that were uh, really easy for me to optimize. So I started with nutrition. Nutrition is 
kind of the the favorite one. You had a guest on your show who's the holistic uh, health coach, and mm-hmm. she talks the same same way. So uh, nutrition is kind of the easy thing to do because it's something that like you physically eat so many meals a day. Yep. Um, and sometimes we need to learn how to fuel ourselves differently. Uh, remove things that are inflammatory because the majority of autoimmune disease is based on inflammation in the body or an immune response that is not happening properly. Um, So I did nutrition first. I started with Wall's Protocol uh, after receiving lots of video recommendations after my announcement of watching Terry Walls' TED Talk. And I um, got her book immediately. Uh, It was super overwhelming Um, and I chose to then move to an autoimmune paleo protocol because it was a lot easier to adapt into my life. And so I'm really focused on nutrients, um, instead of like measuring my macros, which was a fitness competitor thing. So really focused on getting the right nutrients. And then I was already seeing a naturopath at the time of diagnosis. And so I worked with them to redo my supplement protocol. So supplements... Supplements are standard in my life. I have an old man pill case, as they like to call it, and it, <laughs> yep. gets, it, it gets packed once a week, and it comes to me. Uh, so I work full time, and it sits on my desk, like in front of my computer, because I need the visual reminder to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that, and then as your holistic biz- or health coach was chatting about sleep, was something that was easy for me to tackle next. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I knew I was getting poor sleep. I was one of those. I was one of those that was really, really proud of how much I was able to do productively on yep. like four hours of sleep. I was always the one that would say, "Oh, I only got four hours of sleep, and then I did this, 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 and this today. What did you do?" Like, <laughs> you, yeah, it, I was. I was an overachiever, still an overachiever, but that's mm-hmm. a work in progress. Um, <laughs> Stress management was then the fourth thing that I tackled after reading When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. He writes qualitatively and quantitatively about his patients. And there is an entire chapter on MS patients. Uh, They were all A-types, all overachievers. And I was like, yep, yep. Um, And a lot of them had gone through a really toxic relationship. And the stress of that... And like bottling the emotions, stuffing them down. I'm a really good stuffer. Like I will, I will just shove emotions down until they burst out and then I have to deal with them. Um, so I decided to tackle stress. And I had, I had been seeing a psychotherapist um, maybe two years before my diagnosis. And that had really helped me through an emotional time of my life. And I said, okay, maybe it's time for me to go back. And that's when I alluded to the fact that I hadn't really dealt with grief during Mm -hmm. my diagnosis, Mm -hmm. like all of the stages, like anger, sadness, denial. Nope. Well, maybe denial because I was like, I don't (laughs) know. Like MS is my sidekick. I'm not really acknowledging that I have a disease. I'm just going to learn to live with it. So I went back to therapy and I think talk therapy is absolutely amazing in terms of um, adding that to your healthcare team. So I'm a big proponent of, building a healthcare team that is holistic in nature, conventional and alternative, because Mm -hmm. every single aspect is really, really important. So that was four. And then five is reducing toxic load. So I read the autoimmune solution, which I believe um, Dr. Is it Dr. Amy Myers? 
Um, and I believe she actually helps a lot of patients with Hashimoto's. She may actually um, suffer from it herself. And the, the autoimmune solution kind of opened my eyes to these five building blocks. And the last one was reducing toxic load. So the way that I understood it was just based on where we live, you know, exposure to uh, pollution, toxins in our water, toxins in our food, because we can't always eat organic all the time, um, that the amount of toxins that was in my bloodstream uh, were just signaling to my T cells for an invader attack. And my T cells are more apt to attack the myelin sheath around my central nervous system. So my simple science brain, I really like to simplify things. I was like, okay, well, how do I create an environment where my T cells don't get confused? Then I should be able to live fine the rest of my life. Um, so that was like my simple science, which has worked really, really well for me is just create a better environment for my body so that it never gets confused. Um, and yeah, so those are the five building blocks. So I have massive to-do lists of like my self-care, but I think it's easier to kind of break it down into those five categories because I'm always making sure that I'm optimizing one of those areas, whether or not I optimize all five or not in a day. Um, I can't over, I, I tried to overachieve at my healing. Um, and, and then I also learned that that doesn't always serve us well when we're like, let me do all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that about like the overachiever kind of being something that, um, a lot of MS people, um, have had, and for Hashimoto's, it tends to be like people-pleasing, um, perfectionism, and not speaking your truth. And they say, I mean, I, I don't know much about all the, all the like chakras and stuff. I'm still learning. But they say like with your throat, throat chakra, chakra, and that's like where your thyroid is. So um, it was interesting when someone first told me that. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That is me. Um, so, yeah, it's always interesting to hear those because – you don't think about like just like the way that you act or like your personality or like you're just the way that you naturally kind of do things like yeah my whole life I was focused on making everybody else happy and not saying anything that might start any conflict or things like that and it wasn't until the last few years that I've kind of I've started to work on it I mean I'm definitely not 100% there by any means but but yeah it's crazy like um, all these areas of health, like, of course, your food, non-toxic, or like, uh, getting rid of toxins, things like that are so, so important, but people just don't understand the severity of like emotional health and your emotions and your mental, um, health and personality and things like that. Um, what are, is there anything else like emotional, or mental wise that you kind of focus on besides just therapy? Therapy is amazing, but like, is there anything you kind of do day to day? Mm-hmm. So I've incorporated a lot in my morning and my evening routine because it was really important for me to start the day in a way that really served me for the rest of the day in terms of stress management. And yeah. then I am of the personality type where like, if you throw something that is a perceived stress at me, I freak out. Like I'm just <laughs> built that way. Yeah. So I have an, a delicious evening routine to reduce any stress that I've built up through the day. So um, right now what life looks like is morning meditations really serve me well. 
Um, And they're anywhere from five minutes to 10 minutes. Super short because um, I'm trying to be less in my masculine energy. Uh, My my personal brand is all around being an alpha female. And I'm really good at the alpha masculine energy side, like get shit done. I'm always working. I'm always being productive. I have a really hard time being in feminine energy and like being, being creative or playing or uh, like even the way that I incorporate fun in my life is very structured. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm spending and meditation is very much in your divine masculine because masculine energy is very solid and strong. So sitting um, for a, a seated meditation um, is beautiful to start the day but doesn't get me in my feminine energy. So I'll do that. And then I'll journal. I'll do lots of free writing. Um, I love pulling cards to actually inspire the journaling. So I'll pull a card from one of my card decks. um, And they're usually like something about surrender or feelings or love or joy. So I'll I'll free write one page. uh, And then I do a ton of side hustle work. So it's Mm -hmm. either blog stuff or podcast stuff or building the autoimmune thriving program. Um, and then I'll usually listen to a podcast when I'm getting ready in the morning. So that kind of self-development work I think is amazing from a mental health perspective, whether it's business development or, um, listening to autoimmune based ones. I kind of try to like uh, go through different cycles. So I'm not purely listening to one type. Like sometimes I'll get on an Oprah soul session kick and I'll <laughs> listen to like 10 and then I'm so like, Oh, I love the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll try to break it up. And then from an evening perspective, Epsom salt baths, um, and essential oils are my friend. I will, um, I have this blend that is absolutely amazing one from a de-stress perspective, but also from supporting the body. So, um, from sore muscles, so Siberian fur, super calming marjoram, which is, you know, something that you have in your, you know, it's usually an herb in your kitchen, but the essential oil is super calming and also really, really great for sore muscles. So if I've, you know, overdone it from a workout perspective during the week, uh, that really helps along with the magnesium in the Epsom salts that also signals to my body that it's time for bed. So I'm not doing like the brain loop. Like, what do I need to get done? What do I need to do? Um, I'll brain dump onto a piece of paper if that is happening before bed. And then I diffuse essential oils in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, probably I'll start the diffuser maybe 30 minutes before bed. Um, and I'm trying to read every night. So I used to read on my commute when I lived in Toronto because I was taking public transportation. And that was amazing for mental health. Um, just, you know, getting out of your thoughts, getting out of your mind. Now I, uh, I don't have a commute, uh, that I'm not driving. So I'm listening to audiobooks to try to do that, but I'm, I'm really trying to do a book before bed, but I usually end up scrolling Instagram cause I'm <laughs> off it throughout the day. So yeah. I've started being like, I'm trying to be unapologetic about that and being like it's your only time on Instagram connect with your people and have some fun so that's that's the evening routine so it's also and I'll bring up this point it's giving yourself grace and not being critical of yourself when you choose to do something because you're like oh that's not very healing of me like that's not on the healing plan (laughs) doing that 
um, is just is giving yourself a little grace and being like, you want to scroll Instagram for 30 minutes? Like, go and do that. Um, and don't get mad at yourself because that's what's potentially going to cause more stress um, and create more unhealth in the body. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I think it's easy to get caught up in the perfection spiral. Once you do kind of know how you can help your body heal, how you can help your body just feel better. So then when you kind of fall off of that, it's very easy to jump in and be like, you're not being perfect. You didn't do this. You're going to feel awful. Um, Instead of just being like, I did all of these other things though. Like, or today was just a day where I didn't do any of it. And that's okay. Like I'm doing what I can when I can. My husband did something really great for me when I moved from Toronto to Ottawa. So I had great routines when I was living on my own in Toronto. And when I moved in with someone, I had to learn a new normal. Mm -hmm. And I was getting really, really mad at myself. I was like, I didn't have my tart cherry juice this morning. Like I'm not drinking my anti-inflammatories. I (laughs) forgot my supplements. Like I would get so frustrated. He's like, well, what's this list that you have? And like, where does it exist? Like in my brain? (laughs) He's like, okay, maybe you need to write it down and like, let's put it on the fridge. And then throughout the day, you can glance at it um, to see what do you feel like doing today? And maybe it's not everything, uh, but at least you have the list and it's still up on our fridge to this day. Um, And sometimes I'll look at it. I mentioned tart cherry juice because I I haven't had a bottle in a while. And sometimes I'll look at the the list. I'm like, oh, maybe you should buy some tart cherry juice this week um, and drink that. Or like you haven't had shaga tea in the afternoons in a while. You've been really doing this golden milk thing for a while. So it's nice to have that list so that um, you don't overwhelm yourself. You also have a reference tool so that you can say like, here are the things that I can do for myself. But you have to be really, really good at recognizing that you can't do everything on the list, nor should you, because then you're overachieving at healing and overachieving may have been one of the reasons that put you on the autoimmune spectrum in the first place. So giving yourself a little bit of permission to like veer off the list at times. Yeah. I love that. I would like, I would love to jump into the yoga training that you did in Bali and like what that what that taught you, and then like what came from that. Mm-hmm, for sure. So my husband got me yoga teacher training as our as my wedding present. Mm. And because um, I don't think I ever would have done it for myself. I've been practicing yoga, oh, more than 15 years. Um, but I work full time and I've got all these side hustles. So I was, I never would have been like, okay, now it's time to add yoga teacher to the mix. Um, but what came out of it was understanding that I am worthy of becoming a yoga teacher. I really went into the training going like, what gives me the right to become yet another yoga teacher and, you know, like in the cool kids kind of club. Mm -hmm. Um, but who am I not to become a yoga teacher? So I, I have a lot of worthiness issues, I guess, as I like to call them, I'm doing a lot of self-development work around worthiness. And um, I create a lot of things in this world, and I associate worthiness with them. Mm. Um, So what that taught me is that I am deserving of whatever I want in life. And it is not based on uh, anyone else's uh, decision for me. So like, 
I can be a yoga teacher, but I have to own that. I can't get permission from someone else. Like Mike, my husband bought me the yoga teacher training, but I had to go through it. I had to really own my confidence, own how I became as a teacher. And so that taught me like what I need to do in other areas of my life. As I build autoimmune thriving program, I have had thoughts like I'm not a doctor. What gives me the right to help somebody heal? What, and then um, so to like to wrap that uh, back up, it's like, why can't I? Like the exact same thing. Like, why can't I become a yoga teacher? I deserve to be a yoga teacher. Why can't I help somebody heal based on what has worked for me? Like, I deserve to be able to do that for other people. So um, I love talking about this because I think so many people have worthiness issues and we don't talk about it because there's so much embarrassment and shame around them. But when you have these conversations, it's just like, oh, me too. I have that as well. And you just kind of take a sigh of relief that it's not something you need to hide. Um, and then we can all share tips and tricks on how we're working through it and how we're self-developing. So I came um, out of the yoga teacher training and I didn't know where I was going to teach because I work full time. Plus, I have all these side hustles. So I was just like, maybe I'll just kind of like organize a retreat. That feels really good because then I just have to like teach once. Mm. (laughs) Um, And I decided to organize a retreat under this autoimmune thriving brand. So I had purchased the domain name two years ago, I think. Mm. Um, And I had started the Instagram account, but I hadn't done anything with it. So when I came back from Bali in February, I said, you know what, like, why can't I create this amazing yoga experience for people who need to slow down and really take care of themselves differently? So the retreat was restorative yoga. I brought in a guest speaker. So the plan is every retreat, there's going to be a different guest speaker. Uh, This one was a Reiki healer. So it's always going to be a holistic healing modality that people may not be familiar with. And then I served a three course autoimmune paleo lunch. So Mm. they got an an appetizer, a main and a dessert and everything was um, perfect for somebody on the elimination phase of the autoimmune paleo protocol. Uh, And that felt amazing. So I was like, cool. Uh, I sold out uh, of tickets and the ladies that came were so beautiful. The community that was created that day was amazing. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to do this, you know, like maybe two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only like every so often. So as I was dreaming up this retreat, I was also like my business brain was like, how does autoimmune thriving really exist in the world? And I wanted to provide something for someone who's not near Ottawa and can't come to the retreat. So the online program was born out of that. And then the treatment fund. So that was really important to me to establish that from the start with the retreat. So I took a portion of the proceeds um, and I'm gifting it to someone who um, maybe doesn't have, so in Canada, we have benefits. I don't know how it works in the States, Mm. but maybe someone that doesn't have benefits. So has to pay out of pocket for, holistic healing. So like massage therapists, acupuncturists, chiropractors, et cetera. Um, or someone that maybe has maxed out their benefits and hasn't had a massage in a while. So I specifically am paying for someone to go get a massage with my RMT. And that uh, came from the profits of the retreat. 
So anything that I do under the autoimmune thriving brand, I'm always taking a portion of the proceeds to this. I'm calling it a treatment fund so that people can apply and ask for funds to get holistic healing. Mm. That was a mouthful. (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. I've never heard of anything like that. I feel like that that's really cool. We don't, for us in the US, at least personally, we don't really have like our insurance covers more like regular doctors or things like that. It's not so much like, I think some insurance might cover like chiropractors, but that's about it. Like usually if you're, if you need to get a massage that's on you, even if it's kind of for healing, it's still on you. So that's just a really interesting idea. Like, because for me, for example, with massage, I feel like that I love them and they make me feel great, but because it's something that isn't considered part of healing through my doctor, it's like put off and put off and put off, even though it feels great and makes you feel Yeah. And it's like from a stress management perspective uh, or even just like being able to have a movement or a fitness or fitness routine, uh, something like that is so important. And it's not always prioritized in the appointments uh, mm-hmm. world because you're like, I need to go to see my conventional medicine doctor, maybe the specialist for my disease. Then I need to see my family doctor for blood work. And then I maybe see a naturopath for supplementation. So you prioritize kind of like the, the other more prominent yeah. Uh, healing modalities. Um, so yeah, so I, uh, but the thing is, and th- uh, this is, uh, you know, everybody is hearing kind of the, the learning process. I'm struggling to find someone in my local area who is willing to raise their hand and say, I would like that financial assistance. Mm. Um, so I still have not gifted that massage to anyone. I finally found a lady with no benefits and I was like, let me just do this for you, please. Like <laughs> I have these fun. I yeah. have these funds. Let me treat you to a massage. And then she ended up moving uh, <laughs> down to the States. So I like had to go back and I've, I'm part of an autoimmune paleo uh, group on Facebook. I keep posting. I'm like, who wants the massage? Like literally at this point, like I'm trying to push it on people yeah. because no one wants to raise their hand and say, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know how it's going to go. But this, like, I've had this vision in my head of how can I give back to the healing community um, and, sorry, the autoimmune community through holistic healing, through things that you wouldn't think about, like acupuncture or going to Reiki or things like that. So just this kind of added bonus on top of all the other things that you're doing. Yeah, I feel like it comes back to the worthiness thing for that. I feel like people are just like, someone else deserves that more than me or like, I don't, I don't deserve that. I feel like, I don't know that that just screams like a worthiness issue. Mm, Yeah. But Um, in a few years, we'll probably be having another conversation. I'll be like, I don't have enough fun (laughs) to actually give them all. Like that's going to be the, I am manifesting that problem in the future. Yeah. Um, But right now it's like, I need somebody in Ottawa to just take this massage. Yeah. And then in the future, what I'll do is I'll probably build a network of uh, healing professionals through, I'll start probably like in Canada, move to North America. Um, So that way, you know, if you're not in Ottawa, you can still take part of the treatment fund. I just needed to start small (laughs) first time. (laughs) Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, So what else are you doing with autoimmune thriving right now? 
So the program that I'm building, I'm really, really excited about. I decided to launch it in August and it's totally based on moon cycles. I decided to launch it like before the full, before the full moon and then close right down after the full moon because Mm -hmm. I have the most energy in a month during this time. Um, So I'm opening the cart August 7th. I'm closing it on the 21st and I'm building a 60 day course. So my vision is to take people through the program in an eight-week time period, so 60 days, two months, Um, and each module is basically empowering someone to kind of understand how to organize a healing journey. So it's really best suited for someone who is newly diagnosed that is going, holy crap, there's so much information out there, like what do I need to do? I've done so much research. So please, so I'm basically calling myself a tour guide for healing. So Mm. it's, you know, you go to see a tour guide and they walk you through a museum and show you all the different exhibits. That's basically what I'm doing from a healing perspective. So um, I'm going to talk about all the different healing modalities and why you might want to put someone on your healthcare team on that healing modality. And then in uh, I'm bringing in six experts because I'm not pretending to be an expert in any one of the categories. I just know how to bring that information to someone and present it in a way that's easy to understand. So I'm starting with digestion and uh, nutrition. Digestion specifically, because I truly believe we need to heal our digestive system before we actually nutritiously bring in the food that is uh, okay for our bodies. Because if you have leaky gut or... Um, not enough stomach acid to break down or not the right enzymes in your stomach, or you're dealing with um, bad bacteria, then even if you bring in really, really good food for yourself, your body won't know how to use it. So I'm bringing in a registered holistic nutritionist who I actually consulted with early in my diagnosis. And uh, they're going to answer question and answers for everybody that enrolls in the program. Um, and her podcast episode on the alpha female podcast is already out. So people can kind of learn about her ahead of time. And then module four, I'm bringing in a naturopath to talk about supplementation mm-hmm. and why we need to just based on like not being able to maybe absorb nutrients properly or the lack of nutrient dense foods in our world. Um, so that is happening in, mo- in week four. Week five, I'm bringing in a chiropractor who is actually really, really trained in postural restoration, which is super calming to the nervous system. So most people's nervous systems are always in fight and flight mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And when our bodies are like that all the time, our cortisol is really, really high. And when our cortisol is always really high, then our T cells are like, what is going on? (laughs) What do I need to attack in the body? So... Um, I'm bringing him into the expert world because the stuff he has given me from postural restoration standpoint has allowed my body to really, really relax more. So that stress management, um, also it's keeping me moving so that I can have a movement routine. So, um, that, that kind of module is really around movement. I'm going to record eight yoga videos so that you can do Mm. like an online yoga class every single week. Yeah. Um, and then week six is meditation, mindfulness, and stress management. And I'm bringing in a meditation teacher to teach that. And then week seven is all about sleep and ensuring not only quantity, 
um, and I know you've talked about this on your show before, but quality, like mm-hmm. how to really be able to, you know, calm your body down so that you can get into deep sleep, fall asleep easily, stay asleep, stuff like that. And then functional medicine doctor is coming on in week eight, and we're talking about reducing your toxic load specifically so that um, you can balance your hormones. Mm. Because I believe the majority of toxic load issues in the body is not only just based on like um, the, the T cells that I keep talking about and them being confused, but when we remove toxins from our body, our hormones are able to actually balance and bring our bodies back to homeostasis, which yeah. I think is so important for healing. So yeah, so it's jam packed. I don't, I, I don't pretend that like each week is not going to be overwhelming, but I want to empower everyone with enough information that they can revisit the content whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually tackle one of those modules or topics when they're ready to. So if they're inspired to do nutrition first, I'm giving them all the tools, like how to meal prep, meal planning software, um, how to grocery shop, how to research the different protocols that exist for um, healing. Uh, so I'm not being prescriptive in nature, but I'm really teaching people how to educate themselves um, and providing them with a lot of resources that kind of can springboard their own education. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. That would have been amazing when I started out because it, it it's just so overwhelming. You don't know where to start. And if you start following people in the community that are much further along in their journey and they're like, yeah, I do this, 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 this. And you're like, oh my God, how am I supposed to do all of this right away? So I love that. And I love that it's something that people can kind of go back to if they are feeling overwhelmed or if they want to focus on one area. Um, But that's really cool. And like bringing in all the experts, that's really exciting too, because then you're getting different um, expertise and like points of view. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for sure. And I wanted to make sure that I was also supporting the experts. And a lot of them were very instrumental in my healing journey. Um, and they all offer online services. So it's not like you, you know, you get a question and answer call every single week with the experts. But obviously, if they um, are someone that's super, uh, you know, or if you're excited to work with them, yeah. then you can hire them specifically to help your healing journey. So I also wanted to give people resources and amazing experts as well that they could work with further outside of the program. Yeah, that's awesome. So mm-hmm. if people wanted to, well, this will be perfect because this episode comes out like a week before your program goes live. So that's really awesome. But if people wanted to connect with you or listen to your podcast, tell us where people can find you. Yeah. So the autoimmune thriving home is at autoimmunethriving.com. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have a program wait list out right now. So it's just okay. autoimmunethriving.com forward slash program wait list. Uh, and then my podcast is under my personal brand, the alpha female podcast. And I'm always uh, easily found at robinbaldwin.com and Robin's with a Y, Baldwin, <laughs> like the Baldwin brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I will have all of the links down below too, so that people in the show notes and then in the blog post too, so people can just easily click that and find you and join your community. I, I, as you were talking about your program, I literally 
was thinking of three different people that I've talked to in the last two weeks that are just starting their journey and feeling super overwhelmed. And I feel like this program would be great for them. So that's awesome. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. That, and that was the goal because I was overwhelmed and I yeah. spent, it's a full-time job taking care of yourself. It's a full-time job figuring out your healing journey. So I really just want to make it a little easier on people. Like I've been there before let me organize it for you. Um, I don't know if you know the Trello platform. Yes. But yeah. I, I use it for everything. I planned my wedding with Trello. <laughs> I, planned, I planned my podcast episodes with Trello. So I literally have this healing journey mapped out in Trello. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give everybody access to it. So you can copy it over to your personal account and then customize it for yourself. Um, cool. So I'm literally giving people like a digital whiteboard on healing. Mm, I love yeah. that. That's super simple. And I love um, any type of organization around that kind of stuff is like, <laughs> that is how I get through my life. Literally, <laughs> like in between my Google tasks and I, I've used Asana in the past for my business, but I really like Trello too. It's really fun, but yeah. Awesome. So is there anything else that you want to mention to the listeners before we end today? I just want to thank you so much for what you're doing in this space, for bringing a positive voice to the autoimmune community where we can literally feel like we're hanging out with you in your living room, having really genuine conversations with the people that you bring on. So thank you for doing that in this world. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. (laughs) I appreciate that. And I'm excited to, I feel like we should just keep chatting more often. We have so much in common. So, and we are kind of, hitting the autoimmune world in the same way. So thank you so much for being on today. You're welcome.